Because when you're sitting face to face with a group of executives and they're telling you there's no way this will work, that's not the most encouraging thing in the world. <laughs> I've specifically selected the sponsor for this podcast because of the role they play in assisting small business owners. We've talked about our admiration for Chase and JP Morgan Chase before, and they just released a new small business credit card, the all new Chase Inc. Business Unlimited Credit Card. With unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase, no annual fee, and no minimum balance to redeem rewards, the Chase Inc. Business Unlimited Credit Card is a great choice for busy creative entrepreneurs. When you're running a creative business, whether it's design, architecture, video, and everything in between, you wear a lot of hats. Keep things simple with the Chase Inc. Business Unlimited Credit Card issued by Chase Bank USA NA. For more information, visit chase.com slash inc, I-N-K. Those of you guys who have been tuning into our show, we've often shared stories about really bad clients where those red flags go up. Clients that don't respect you, clients that are cheap, clients that micromanage and never say a good word about you. Well, in today's podcast, we have the opposite of that kind of client. We have what we call the dream client. The unicorn does exist. And I'm talking to Eli Cohen, founder of Saleshood today. And he is what I would consider a client of a lifetime. Now, full disclosure, not only is he a client, but now we've become friends. I feel like he's part of the family and we're doing work together in so many different ways. So I just want to put that out there in case somebody is like wondering, hey, what is their strange relationship? Well, it's a deep one. And this is the kind of relationship you want to have with not just friends and family, but if possible with clients. And so I just want to welcome and thank Eli Cohen for coming on the show today. Eli, how are you doing? Chris, I'm doing great. Good to be here. Much love, my friend. So jumping in, I, I, I think... I want to share a little story so that people have some context too. You've seen Eli on our show, on our YouTube channel before. He's talking about sales technique and you're thinking like, well, who is this guy and how does he know this thing? And then who am I? And I've been sitting here sharing with you guys in, in very open and transparent ways what I know about sales. And I have to say, and I can count on one hand, those influences and Eli's definitely one of those fingers on my hand. And I wow. learned terms that I never knew even existed before. Things like a compelling event, social prospecting, asking open-ended questions, and going through all this content. And of course, I'm talking about this platform, Saleshood, that you have, that you've created to help a lot of people out there with sales and to kind of give it some legitimacy. And I think that's part of the mission. And I love what you're doing. There's parallels between what you and I are doing. So let's get in this. You, you had, at some point in time, worked as an employee. Can you talk us a little bit about your work history and why you left that and then created your, your company, the company we're going to talk about a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, got to go way back in time for that one. You know, I'm from Toronto, so let's just do a little call out to Toronto, Canada. <laughs> what and up, Toronto? What's up? And uh, moved, to, moved to the Valley, moved to Silicon Valley about 20 years ago. Worked at a startup, then worked at Oracle. And across that journey, I had always thought moving to the Valley, moving to Silicon Valley, I was going to start a company. I was going to, you know, I was going to build this next gen amazing technology company and went to my first company, went to the second one, Oracle, and then I uh, went to Salesforce. It was a startup and it had just gone public and uh, it was, you know, it was a risky bet. You know, there was no uh, tower on, on uh, the San Francisco skyline as there is today. It wasn't a company that was 20, 30 billion dollars in run rate revenue. It was, it was like, you know, we were a scrappy company and uh, I spent eight years there. And, 
you know, a lot longer than I thought I would. And being there was, was amazing. It was energizing, learned so much about cloud and software as a service and really what it took to be successful and to win a market, right? How, how do you, how do you, how do you crush a market? And we did that. And over the years, you know, I started thinking of ideas, you know, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not young, you know, I'm, I'm in my, you know, I'll be, I'll be 47 in, in a couple <laughs> weeks. And uh, five years ago, I started thinking before I left Salesforce, you know, this is my time. This is my time to, to solve a big problem, to leave a legacy, to create something. You know, after 20 years of, of being in the workforce, after being, you know, schooled by my father uh, back in a furniture store and doing, you know, lawn cutting and landscaping businesses and just really going hard for years and years and years, I felt like I wanted to build something and create something and truly leave a legacy. And the legacy I believed uh, was to help elevate the sales profession and to help companies and organizations and cultures really improve the productivity of their teams and be the best they can be. And, and you know, that was the original idea, you know, back uh, in early 2013 when we founded the company. It's was amazing. that vision clear to you as you were making that transition? You know, I, I, I had the vision uh, probably about six months before I left. And, you know, the vision was more uh, about the outcome. I knew the problem I wanted to solve. Uh, I didn't have clarity around the mechanics of how we were going to solve the problem. And, you know, after I left, uh, I was able to decompress a little bit and spend some time reflecting on my experience. And, you know, I actually, the first six months after I left, I, I, I wrote my first book. And the first book was all about helping companies build the right sales culture, helping companies build the right, the right, the right sales coaching culture. And, uh, you know, the first book was called Saleshood. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you a story, you know, about uh, two months after I left, you know, I was bouncing around a whole bunch of different names and ideas for the execution of the vision. And I stumbled on uh, an old email folder from all the gratitude emails from a years and years of doing great work at Salesforce. You know, these are all the salespeople, the sales managers. These are all the sales leaders, like everyone, everybody that was touched by my team and I, because we helped them by getting them to be the best they can be because we trained them, we coached them. And so like thousand plus emails. And in this folder of gratitude, I started reading sentences like, thank you for making me great. Thank you for mm. helping me be better. Thank you for connecting me with the best. Thank you for connecting me with the winning plays. Thank you for helping me win. Thank you for helping me not lose. Like, like I saw all this and then I realized that the real secret sauce of what we did during Salesforce's hyper growth years was connecting salespeople with each other. And we did it through coaching, through, through uh, storytelling, and, but we did it with people. Like I had 120 people on my team. And, and so, you know, that was my moment. I realized, wow. So what we're actually building is this platform that is gonna connect people through storytelling, through shared experiences, and, and using uh, you know, the mobile phone with video and uh, social learning where people can give each other feedback and, uh, and data to help people get connected with the best ideas, with, the, with knowledge, right? And so sharing knowledge at scale 
is the ultimate outcome. And we knew that was what I wanted. To, we knew that's what we wanted to create as a, as a business. And so there I am. I remember I was sitting on a train from uh, Vancouver to Seattle. I was speaking at a conference and, um, and so I'm, I'm writing down all these words as I'm reading the emails. And I'm like, okay, I, I need a name. Like, like I, I, I can picture it. I can see what this thing is. You know, people are recording their stories. They're scoring each other. They're giving each other feedback. Companies are doing this at scale. Like, I, like it was so clear, but I didn't have a name. And, uh, and so I, I used the words from the emails and I kind of word patterned it. And I ended up with this, like, you know, vision of, of a connected universe. You know, for those Star Trek geeks out there, I literally started at the Borg, but then I thought, okay, the Borg, that's not good. You know, that's got negative. And then I ended up kind of more uh, on the Zen Buddha, but like I felt like, you know, sales Zen or sales Buddha was overdone. And, and I literally landed on this word called selfhood. And I'm like, mm. selfhood? Huh, exactly. The fully mm-hmm. developed person, one with nature, one with themselves. You know, like Zen, like Om, and and I thought, wow, what's the fully developed salesperson? What's the fully developed sales culture? What's the fully developed sales team? I'm like, saleshood, of course it is. And you know, the best part about the story is that the URL was available. March 13th, <laughs> 2013, who would have thought saleshood.com, not some dot AI, not right. some dot whatever, dot com was available. That's the universe saying, go, go make it happen. So you're on this train and it's so clear in your mind, this vision, what year is this? Because we, we all know everybody's got an idea. The real work is actually making that idea come to life, come to fruition. So what year yeah, so, are we now? So I, I left Salesforce early January 2013. Okay. Uh, so 2013, March 2013 was the date that I was on that train. And, you know, that's the registration date of the URL. And, uh, and you know, uh, met, met my co-founder, Arthur Doe. You know, there's there's the deep relationship, uh, (laughs) your brother. And uh, uh, we met and we, you know, he immediately listened to the story and said, let's do this. And by September 2013, uh, we had our first, you know, maybe it was uh, somewhere between 50 and 100 uh, salespeople, about 10 teams that were logging into Saleshood and they were collaborating. They were learning from each other and they were and they were becoming better salespeople together as a team. And that was the premise. Share stories, learn together and, and do it in a structured way. And uh, and then, you know, you will be you will be great. And I'm, I'm trying to kind of envision this story through the lens of our audience or maybe an entrepreneur or CEO who's got that same idea who's got that same clarity that you have in that one moment in time. And then that moment passes them by and they miss out on that opportunity. Could you give somebody who's got this idea that's as clear to them and and as passionate as you are about this, about on a mission about uh, connecting the universe. And I like the Borg, by the way. Yes. (laughs) So I'm a CEO, I'm sitting on my plane, my car, my train, whatever it is, and I've got this idea. Can you give me some advice? Like, can you make it a little bit more tactical? Like, how does, how do you get funding? How do you align stakeholders? How do you find a partner or a developer or whoever it is to help you bring this together? Because we know it's not a solo effort. You know, I think the first piece of advice is, uh, you know, if you believe in it and you're passionate about it, you got to do it. You know, mm-hmm. over the years, I had had uh, ideas that uh, timing wasn't right, and uh, you know, right. no regrets, no regrets. But uh, uh, this one, this one was right, and you know, the specific steps that we took, and you know, that I initially took was, you know, once I had the idea, like I knew I needed a URL. 
like just my gut told me I needed a URL, everything about me. And once I had that URL, all of a sudden people were like, oh, I know what you're doing. And so I didn't need to explain it as much anymore. And, and so that was, you know, getting the name and, and having, mm-hmm. having kind of just rallying around that. But the very first thing I did, uh, there are two things I did, right? Uh, three things. So the first thing I did was I started writing down, um, you know, kind of the plan, right? Uh, I thought, okay, this is a, a world of, of venture capitals and, and uh, let's, uh, let's build a deck and let's raise some money. That's kind of what I thought needed to happen. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I started working on a deck and I, you know, kind of connected with a few folks, got some mentorship from people and, uh, and started sharing kind of the business plan, the vision. And uh, that was number one. And each person told me, great idea. Oh, my God. No one's doing it. Who's your uh, the, the folks that know me and know my history? They would say, who's your Parker? And Parker, uh, the implication there is, you know, Mark Benioff is the CEO of Salesforce. He co-founded the company with Parker Harris, who's his mm, chief I technology see. officer. And so they said, who's the technologist that's going to build this for you? Because you've got the vision and, and that ain't your skill. And, uh, and I'm like, oh my God, you're right. I need a, I need a technology partner. And, uh, and so uh, I started down that path. And then at the same time, I started recruiting customers. And so uh, I remember when, uh, and, and that, that the, like, and I basically prioritized, you know, what I needed to do. Building the deck was interesting, but I didn't spend months and months building a business plan because I, I basically knew, wow, the most important thing right now is finding a technology partner who can execute the vision. Without that partner, this never would have happened. And mm-hmm. and uh, and Arthur and I are true partners. And and so then I started, you know, interviewing, and 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 I met a whole bunch of different technologists over a thirty-day window of time. Um, uh, you know, I probably probably spoke to at least you know twenty to thirty different people. I was even starting to talk to firms. I was even starting to think like, okay, maybe I got to hire an agency or a company, an outsource firm to kind of do this because I, I, I could feel it. I wanted to make this happen. And, you know, and I, I, I was being coached on what to look for, the kind of questions to ask. And, uh, you know, what became apparent to me was, uh, you know, some of the coaching I got on, on uh, you know, kind of the, you know, the partner was, you know, figure out what their stock is, figure out what their vision is for the infrastructure. And, and you know, so I found myself in, in boardrooms and in, you know, drinking a lot of coffee and meeting a lot of people, having these like deep, you know, multi-layer architecture conversations. And it was just like, ah. You know, I'm like, I have a vision. I want to execute the vision. Just kind of help me get there. And, you know, and then we were kind of, there's friction and there was, and I could tell, right. When, and, and, and I remember, uh, I remember when, when I sat down with Arthur and, uh, you know, he's our, he's my co-founder, CTO and we're sitting face to face. And, and, uh, I remember the spot where we met and, uh, you know, tea, coffee, and it was late afternoon and, uh, you know, he heard the vision, the name, and he's like, hey, this is great. I like it. And I told him the Salesforce story. He's like, okay, no one's doing it. And, and then I said, so tell me, you know, what's, uh, what, what, what what's the stock going to look like? What's the infrastructure going to look like? And he looked at me and he said, why do you care? That's my job. Mm. Boom. I knew I found my match right there. You know, clear division of responsibility. 
You know, he owns the infrastructure, the technology stack, and I was responsible for getting customers and making them successful. And, you know, in the early days, it was Arthur, myself and a few developers. And uh, just we were very focused on on uh, on just kind of what we needed to do right now. You know, for me and, and for someone who has who has a vision or an idea just to kind of wind this down, you have a big vision and a big idea, but focus on what are the most important things that need to get done right now to move you to the next milestone. And for me, the next specific mile for us, the next specific milestone was, you know, some kind of beta program with a small group of people. I had the people, you know, and the funding wasn't really the issue. I kind of felt like we would do that later, but I needed the technologists. So I dropped everything I was doing and just did that. And so focus and just do what you need to do. To, to, to get it done and to get done what you need done right now, right? Five years later, you know, the types of conversations Arthur and I are having are, you know, very different. Well, congratulations. And I do want to recap some of the points that you made here for our fans and our community here. Uh, some of the advice you have for aspiring entrepreneurs or somebody who wants to launch their own business. I think the first thing that you said was do something to make it feel real. For you, it was getting your URL and getting a name and the name crystallized the idea it gave form or shape to the vision because otherwise it's like this puffy cloud and I think the name is brilliant in that you can share it with somebody and they immediately get it versus some crazy abstract name that you'd have to sit there and explain it to them. So by making it real, you took the very first and most important step towards achieving that thing. You mentioned about writing a business plan which is the playbook that everybody goes by but once you realize like maybe it wasn't all about that, that you needed to find a partner somebody who shared your vision, somebody who would not only believe in the vision, but somebody who could possibly hold their own with you to challenge you at times when needed, but to be a true partner in that sense, that makes perfect sense to me. Fantastic. So now and then, I don't want to, and then, go and then customers and then, mm -hmm. and, and customers, I'm sorry. And customers. Spoken like a true business one. person, right? Yes. Spoken like a true business person before the platform is built, you're already looking for customers. And that's, I mean, that's a very valuable lesson because most creative types, people that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to be running around trying to, they're going to build something for three and a half years and not have any validation whatsoever. And so then their thing hits with a thud. Yeah. So can you, was, can you uh, yeah. speak a little bit more about the mentality or, or why you were looking for customers and what that meant to you? Well, it meant uh, instant validation, uh, number one. Um, credibility but more importantly uh while the idea was interesting and the idea was differentiated and you know arthur and i were able to accelerate development because i'd had eight years of experience you know doing the coaching and the training and the onboarding and and all the enablement right the the, the connecting salespeople like like we built a business around everything i was doing for eight years right that's an important point that i think we got to make sure is clear to everyone uh and and but this idea of getting customers because you know we built and what, what Arthur did beautifully was, was, you know, we didn't build the whole vision. We ended up just building kind of one core use case. We took that core use case from end to end. And then we had, you know, about 100 people that ran through it with us. And so that's why we needed customers. We needed paying customers. They had to be paying because they had to have skin in the game. Paying customers that said, yeah, what you're doing is valuable enough for us to pay something. I didn't care how much it was. They had to pay right. something and they had to sign a commercial agreement. And uh, and it was, you know, they could opt out whenever they wanted. Like, I didn't care, but just something just to like, mm -hmm. come on, we're doing this. And and uh, and you know what? They would then 
give us legitimate, real feedback so we could take the hypothesis and take our ideas, which is kind of, you know, it's an idea, but until someone uses it. Um, and so you asked me a question at the very beginning. You said, how different is the vision from, from, uh, from where you are, right? The, the problem we're solving is the same. The execution has changed because we've always had customer feedback every step of the way. We never built things in a silo. We always develop things in partnership with our customers and with, with companies solving real problems. And that's ultimately what Saleshood started with. You know, we wanted to solve real problems for companies, real revenue problems. And so, you know, have a plan, make sure you got the right team in place, and then make sure that you are, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with paying customers to, you know, kind of to make sure you're on track and you're solving real problems. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's why you're doing it. We did not spend too much time with the five-year business forecast. And because, right. like, we didn't know, right? Like, we're just like, let's, let's get 100 people using it. If they all log in, and, and they all sign off and say, that was valuable to me. And if the system works and if we can track that they watch the videos and that they can answer a question and that that happens without anything going crazy, home run, right? Small goals. Like now we're clearly, you know, kind of, you know, doing data analysis and we've got like a whole, anyway, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, small goals. Um. Take me back to, to year one. This is the make or break it year. And when I'm reading a comic book story, I it's, it's nice to know where Daredevil is today, but year one where he's just barely learning how to fight and Stick is whacking him in the head and he's, he's still getting a sense of his superpower. What were some of the challenges? What are the lessons that you had to learn? It was, it was mostly just Arthur and I, you know, in, in a room probably the size of this, you know, podcast space. <laughs> I think the biggest lesson was we were charting new territory. We were clearly on, on the forefront of a new idea. And, you know, people said that you needed to raise money. And, and so I'm like, okay, we got to raise money. So I spent a lot of time going up and down the valley, talking to VCs and, and, you know, in hindsight, while that was interesting, I think the story wasn't clear enough. We didn't have enough proof points and we probably should have kept it cooking for a while longer before we spread the story. And um, and and so um, I think that was a big lesson, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, just keep focusing, keep building and, uh, um, you know, spend less time kind of pitching and, and trying to raise money. Just prove the value. I think the other thing was, uh, you know, the ups and downs of a first year uh, and the highs and lows. You know, I think the big lesson for me was uh, without a partner, I don't know if I would have been able to survive the ups and the downs. When I mean survive, I mean kind of keep going, staying, staying, staying at it and, uh, and, and it's hard. And so for that, I'm, I'm super grateful. Fantastic. Okay, so moving towards today, five years out, 200% growth, high retention, amazing yeah. results. What is the complexion of the company today and how are you managing all this stuff? Give us some CEO advice. CEO advice. Yeah. Um, we're 50 people now. Wow. And, uh, you know, we're, we're downtown San Francisco, Jackson mm -hmm. Square. Uh, I think uh, CEO advice number one, you know, I'm a believer in, in radical, radical transparency. So uh, communicate, communicate, share how things are working share the good share the bad be open be transparent let everybody uh get visibility into uh into what uh needs to happen right i, I learned this from benioff at salesforce right alignment was critical 
my whole platform, our whole platform, sales is all about alignment. Let's get everybody on message. Let's get everybody learning from each other. Let's get everybody aligned on what's most important. And let's check and make sure as a CEO, number one on the priority list. You know, let's make sure that everybody has complete visibility into what's going on. So, you know, hosting, uh, we do we do weekly team check-ins, right? So every Monday, bring the team together and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for everybody to share. Uh, and we do it structured, right? We actually use Salesit for it and uh, everybody shares gratitude. So they are, you know, sharing what are they grateful for? Uh, uh, what are some updates? Uh, sometimes folks will record videos uh, about what some stories that are going on, some things that are happening and then everybody you know kind of puts in their goals and successes for the week so uh, we're all uh, uh, laser sharp focused on what's most important yeah I remember you sharing this with me last time I was in your office about these one hour weekly check-ins and that you have a structure that's really important something that I'm gonna need to learn from this and that you start with a gratitude and I like that it kind of fra- frames your mind in the conversation to be optimistic and happy about the things that we've done so it's not totally negative and then you have people do updates. And then tell me a little bit about what a goal might sound like for a week. And if they're sharing successes, is that from last week? Yeah, Since it's so, a Monday? you know, okay. we're, we're doing a Monday meeting yeah. and, uh, you know, the, the gratitude is always flowing here. I think uh, we do a lot of, uh, you know, we've got something in sales called stories. And, and so there are recognition videos. So you can basically pick someone and, and, and record, you know, so one year anniversary uh, recognition videos happen. And, you know, if someone gets uh, an assist from someone, uh, they'll recognize their help, whether it's support thanking sales or sales thanking support. There's a lot of cross team like uh, gratitude going on. Oh, it's great. I think, uh, you know, so since this is a Monday morning, the goals are upcoming. So what are my goals for the next five days? And then the successes are what were the successes from the last week? And mm-hmm. folks, folks are keying this in in the system and they're doing it uh, on the Sunday night, Monday morning before the call. And, and so you see all the answers. And so folks can add commentary to it. So personally, because I'm hosting the team check-in virtually in the app and then literally as a group, and, and I've got a distributed team. So I got folks in Seattle, in, in, not Seattle, folks in uh, St. Louis and Denver and Atlanta, uh, up in Toronto, uh, LA. So we're spread, you know, folks will key stuff in and I'll, I'll get a sense. And I think this is the, the most important point for me as a CEO. I'll walk into the team check-in and I'll have a good sense based on everybody's uh, submissions, kind of where we're at and and where people are focused on. So I get an instant sentiment of what people are thinking they got to work on for the week so I can quickly adjust. I can mm-hmm. quickly uh, help folks course co- course correct and like, you know, what are you thinking about? And, and, you know, well, what did you think about this? And so I can ask a couple questions. Uh, I can drill down on something at the team level, at the company level. And and that's really been impactful. And, and uh Goals, successes, challenges is another structured question we have people uh, key in and, uh, and and what's new, just like what's new. And uh, that's it. I think the team check-in is great. And when we work with other companies, you know, you can imagine sales. It is all about sales training and sales coaching, uh, but it, it's it's and it's all about sharing content and getting just in time prescriptive sales tools. And you can imagine what that is, because that's what sales it is. Um, but this idea of a team check in and prescriptive coaching from manager to rep, you know, these are ideas that extend beyond just sales. And so a lot of our companies, why we've got high retention and why companies love the hood is because, you know, 
know, these principles of uh, micro learning, peer to peer coaching, bite sized content, structured uh, uh, team based gratitude, structured team based goals. This is a universal truth across the enterprise. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I believe we've evolved into uh, kind of this future of work platform that is ultimately helping companies be better at what they can do. And uh, so, so yeah, I think, uh, but still, remember, still staying super laser sharp focused on our vision. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we have a lot more, uh, a lot more growth before we can, you know, kind of leave uh, our roots and, and, and the primary driver of success, which is core sales uh, uh, value and sales productivity. This is a, a great idea. And you're using your own platform to organize this where people submit their videos and their goals and their challenges the night before. So you as their manager can look at it and get a really quick snapshot about how this conversation is going to go on Monday, right? Yeah. And then you can we course have- correct anybody. We have a ton of companies and a ton of teams that they go into our library and they can take the team. It's called the team check-in and they can literally schedule the team check-in. It automatically assigns it to their team. They can mm-hmm. set it on autopilot. And, and this is kind of the beauty of automation. And, and it basically is like a Groundhog Day style recurring meeting that just happens mm-hmm. and it archives it and everything. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And, and so now we've left the world of kind of sales coaching, sales training, sales content. We've entered the world of, you know, getting our leaders to be better leaders getting our employees to be more engaged, giving our employees a voice. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Okay, I, I can tell, and if you, if you can't tell by listening to us or watching this, Eli, his brain is moving very fast. He's able to retell these things and not miss a beat. So a guy who's, whose mind is moving that fast, Eli, I have to ask you this question. A lot of people oh. in our community need help with this, is how do you stay focused and productive? Because it's like, oh, squirrel, ah, and everything seems super exciting. What are your tricks to kind of be able to get productive and focus? Uh, that's, it's, it's hard, right? I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, I set personal goals and okay. uh, I follow, I follow, uh, I've got goals for the week. I've got goals for the day. Uh, sometimes I'll have, you know, AM goals, PM goals. Uh, I've got mm. uh, clear, clear revenue goals that are monthly, quarterly, annually. And, uh, you know, I have become better at saying no. I have become better at being able to prioritize uh, what are the things that will make a difference today, but that's hard. And, yeah. uh, and, and you know, I, uh, I also uh, am very efficient uh, in, with my time. And, uh, and so, for example, you know, writing the book, uh, folks are like, how'd you write the book when you're CEO running a company? You know, but when you when you have a, a, an idea and and you know so I started writing and I people will notice that that my writing over the last twelve months I was doing a lot more blogging and I was doing a lot more uh, tweeting so I basically would would use tactics uh, in my day to day and I would kind of double them up and so uh, tweeting ideas blogging ideas posting things on LinkedIn as a CEO I would see which ideas would would kind of bubble up and so uh, you know folks that 
things that people liked more, things that people shared more, you know, that would ultimately fuel kind of my writing. And, and, and then, and then the writing would fuel some of the strategy on the, on, on the platform. And then, you know, the ideas would flow from customers. So I basically made it all kind of one. And so, you know, we've got a vision for success here at Saleshood and the vision for success is the goals are clear. Our strategies are clear. We do an annual um, annual. So I, I learned from, from Mark Benioff at Salesforce. We used to do a, a V2 mom. Uh, it's an acronym, vision, values, a method, obstacles, and, and measures. And, you know, here at the company, we have quarterly V2 mom experience where uh, myself and my leadership team will document our vision, values, methods, obstacles, and measures. And you can Google it, V2 mom. There's a ton of writing about it. Tony Robbins talks about it as well. And, and, and uh, you know, it's, and there are many of us who left Salesforce who embrace V2 mom uh, and use it as leadership because it's a great way to align on business goals and on vision. And so having clarity of a vision, documenting the vision, getting alignment for the team on vision, and then uh, just being, you know, really, really, you know, disciplined and, uh, you know, ruthless about saying no. And, and uh, you know, I think I've gotten a lot better at it. But I mm-hmm. say no, and it's, 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 it's always no, I can't do it right now. There's an explanation, and, and, and there's always an offer uh, with a specific question around how can I help you. Right. Uh, you know, I, I read that from, from Maynard Webb, who used to be on the board at Salesforce, and he wrote an article in Forbes or Inc. where he actually said, here's how I say no, and I'm very busy. And uh, so, for example, someone asked me a question, and, uh, you know, they asked, oh, I'd love to have coffee. You know, everybody wants to have coffee, and, and I'd love right, to have right. coffee too, but I, I can't have coffee with everyone. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm swapped for the next 30 days, uh, but if there's something specific I can help you with or an introduction I can make, let me know. And, uh, you know, sometimes a question comes back, usually not. And, right. and uh, you know, so, but I, but I put it out there. And because uh, I do want to help, and in uh, a simple intro, I can I can make that happen. Um, you know, the other thing the other thing that I do is is I've been running a lot lately, and so mm-hmm. uh, this past uh, six to eight months while I've been writing, the running helps, right? So you know, wake up early, do a run, and uh, I'll I'll take an idea, put it in my head before the run, and and that idea when I'm done running will be will be completely uh, thought through, uh, executed in my head. I'll have a clear game plan, and then I write. So you know, I'll write it out. Whether it's a chapter in a book, whether it's a deck I got to build for a customer presentation, whether it's a deck I got to build for you know a board meeting. Uh, but I can I can I can get that storyline down, and and that's pretty much how I think through things. You know, what's the story I'm trying to tell? I build the the, the story arc, and and uh, and I kind of just document write it down and uh and then boom i got the story and then once i've got the story you know fill in the blanks is easy uh right and, and uh, so anyway hopefully these tips are useful uh for they folks. Are. These, these are some well, of the things i do as a ceo mm-hmm. i got a question for you you're the first person that i've heard to say this that you have an am goal and a pm goal so take me through what a just in a snapshot, what, what is a typical day, a non-Monday morning meeting day for you? Right. Where this is kind of like, what time do you get up? When do you run? Just give me the highlights of what a day is snapshot. Okay, so so on a day where I, I don't wake up at two because I can't sleep. So so <laughs> okay, let's yes. do let's do which happened a couple of times this week and right. and and I try hard not to send emails at like three four in the morning, but you know and, until Gmail gets a, a scheduled feature, it's just 
you know, it's the way it is. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, so let's let's pretend 5 a.m. is the, the, the normal, natural okay. wake up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think at that point in time, uh, you know, my, my wife and I will wake up around around the same time and the kids are still sleeping. So there's, you know, time for us to just connect, sync on a few things. And then, uh, you know, at that point in time, I will, I'll just do a quick check. Uh, I'll, I'll turn work on. Uh, I'll, do a, I'll do a quick check on a few things, make sure uh, nothing's gone on. And then, uh, you know, some mornings I'll, I'll, I'll then do a quick meditation. Uh, and, then, and then from there, uh, I'm up. And, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, I'd say half of the mornings on a given week, uh, I will running shoes. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, my brain is already racing a little bit. I'm thinking about, uh, okay, what are, what, what's the day? I've looked at the calendar. You know, what are the first things I got to deal with? And, and uh, what's important? And, and, and then, you know, do the run. Uh, sometimes if I have a 6 a.m. call scheduled or a 7 a.m. call scheduled, which happens the other half, you know, there's no run. But, but, but those morning calls are scheduled and it's scheduled with folks in Europe or, or sometimes on the East Coast. Um, you know, meetings for me are, 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 are things like, well, there's, there's customer meetings where I'm, I'm meeting with executives. We're talking about the strategies of their businesses and, you know, they want to do updates on how things are going. Uh, we've got, I've got meetings with customers. I've got meetings with, with prospects. Uh, so that's a good portion of my day is that, um, you know, I have, uh, um, so, so, you know, it's, it's a busy morning and it's, it's, you know, I come back and it's it's you know shower coffee and uh, you know I'll, I'll do an espresso uh, uh, before the shower and then uh, and then you know seven thirty you know kids are up we're running around we're hanging out a little bit and then uh, you know I'm, I'm trying trying to get it work by eight and and uh, and it's easy for me you know live in the city it's a short short commute uh, and then usually there's 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 back to back meetings from from about nine until 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 about four or five so uh that early morning time uh is important to to just kind of tidy up any loose ends um and you know for example this morning um you know we had a meeting at nine and so from about uh 6.30 to 7.30, uh, I was back and forth calls with the sales director who, who was responsible for that and with someone that was helping with some of the setups or something. And so we were, we were back and forth. Uh, uh, they had actually recorded uh, their meeting dry runs the night before. So I had watched them. And, and so uh, we're, this is how we're being efficient. Uh, and, and, you know, um, that's, that's and, and so when I say there's like a morning goal, like there's, there's something I'm going to do that isn't scheduled that, mm-hmm. that will drive me nuts if I don't do. And, mm. uh, and, and, you know, there's a long list of to do's. Right. So, so, so I'll, I'll look at that list and, uh, like, okay, there's, there's one thing, there's a follow up item with, uh, with, with a board member or there's, there's, there's something to me. I just like to, you know, it's like, it's like making the bed in the morning. It's just something small. So outside of my regular day of accomplishments, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple coffees in the morning, um, you know, and, and that's, that's, it is, you know, I, I, I like my espresso and, uh, where else do I take you? You know, I think, um, you know, lunch is, lunch is usually a, uh, something, uh, to do with someone, uh, you know, I think, uh, either it's a group or I, I, I'd like to schedule lunch, uh, with, with, with people. I like to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then boom, there's, there's more meetings. Uh, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, webinars, wow. I'm doing meeting preps, I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, there's planning meetings for, for speaking gigs that I'm doing. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, we'll do pipeline review meetings. We'll do deal review meetings, internal meetings. Um, 
you know, the, the, the best meetings, though, are the ones where we're, we're talking with customers and, and uh, you know, listening to them about their problems. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I'll get I'll get, you know, random texts from my board. And uh, and so that'll be an insertion in the day where, you know, hey, I want to ask you a question about something. So I have a very active board. They're providing us with a lot of feedback mm-hmm. uh, all the time. <clears throat> so think, how's when, my day going? When, when do you start to wind down from your office hours? Now, uh, this is no joke. This is like the army slogan, like where you do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Because when you're describing your day, I was like, okay, he's at one o'clock, he must have skipped lunch. But you're like, so that's that's 6.30 now. And people are still in bed at that time. You are just slamming well, through stuff. This is incredible. I, I, so I walk a lot. So I walk yeah. from home to BART, mm-hmm. and that's a you know about a twelve to fourteen minute walk with an espresso stop, and mm-hmm. and you know and so I've, I've, I'm either doing a call or I'm thinking through something, just like I, I would see. do on a run. Uh, if I'm on a call, sometimes I'll I'll and BART is the Bay Area Transit System, uh, mm-hmm. road transit system, and and, uh, and and rapid transit. So so I uh, if I if I'm on a call, I'll just go to the next station. So I'll walk. So like, oh, I'll, I see, I'll, I see. So that way I can keep going I like that it's, mm-hmm. it's like a double dip for the day with exercise and, yeah uh, that's a triple and, dip <laughs> because uh, in a way you're getting your coffee you're getting your exercise you're doing yeah. your call and you're kind of and meditating at the same time right yeah, i guess yeah. that's how you're so productive and then and then i walk back from uh, montgomery to the office so i got these walks that let me yeah. do things and talk I see. and uh and then you know when a meeting ends um, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, disciplined on, uh, you know, summary notes, meeting, meeting thank yous and handwritten thank you cards. So I'm, I'm, when I've got down times, I'm writing those kind of stuff, getting it out. Um, you know, so the, the back end of the day is, is, is the part that I love. So I've been, I've been a lot better at getting home for, mm-hmm. for dinner with the, with the kids. I think uh, they're, they have a lot more to share now about school. I got to, right. you know, they're, they're, you know, they're getting older and, and, um, mm-hmm. and it's super fun. And, uh, but when they go down, you know, I've got another three to four hour window. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, from eight-ish until, until 12, you know, I'm mm-hmm. cranking. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's no calls are scheduled and I'm just right. executing. Eli does more before 9 a.m. than most of you do the entire day. I'm so impressed with this because when you're running a business, there are so many things that need your attention. Business owners need to focus on growing their businesses, not their business credit card. There's something else that you had said earlier. I just, I, I just want to talk about this for a half a second, or at least just to point out, because you've already articulated this, but I want to point out for our audience and the community is that you do a lot of listening. I hear this theme, and it's recurring. So when you're shaping your product, you had a vision, but you weren't so stubborn or concrete in what it's going to be like that the community, your customers, help to shape it. And, and that's amazing. And that's coming from, I think, the Silicon Valley world, that kind of mindset where you're, you're listening and you're iterating and you're just constantly improving the product. And that's fantastic. And where Thank it also you. relates to your content strategy is, and I see this a lot too, because I'm following you on Twitter, right? That you're yep. posting little tweets and it's like you're fishing. There's a little bait that's out there and it gets <laughs> devoured. And you're like, huh, I'll turn that to a medium form blog post. And a couple of those hit, and then that becomes something longer, or maybe it becomes a video or something you can do a webinar on. And then ultimately, it's a what's your a book. It's it's right there. It's it's all been pre-validated and confirmed that this is kind of the stickiest content that you're making. Yeah. So that's we, that's another we, tip for anybody that wants to do this. I think uh, 
you know, I, I, I get good feedback that uh, I'm, a, I'm a good sharer. I share mm-hmm. a lot and, and uh, the content that I am sharing, that we are sharing, is coming from real life experiences. And so like, you know, if I talk to three companies in a morning like, and I hear the same thing, okay, there's something going on right now. Right, like, right. Yeah, three companies, they're all sharing the same thing. And uh, so I am continuously looking for patterns in mm-hmm. what people are saying. I'm looking for patterns in what's going on in the business. I'm looking for patterns in our culture just to kind of, you know, adjust and, and to kind of keep things moving along in the right direction. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I don't know where that came from, to be honest. It's just, uh, I, I noticed it at Salesforce when I was there and it's heightened here. Uh, just because I'm super, super, you know, plugged in. I think right. uh, uh, just look for look for patterns because those are the problems that we can solve, or those are the the places that we go to add value and to make things better and mm-hmm. to amplify. But right? I love mm-hmm. amplifying things uh, better. Now for I, I try and coach our community to try to discover what their superpower is, and just by listening <laughs> to you talk. I think I know what your superpower is. You are, I think maybe above all else, a really human-centered person. You value relationships, old-fashioned ways of saying hello, goodbye, being grateful, and you're able to connect in ways that I think only a very rare few people are able to do. Now, you're using a lot of technology and productivity tools along the way to do that, and your idea of using video to sync up with people, where people can share their their wins their success their challenges their goals and and that's pretty cool because that allows us to all to work remotely but sync up in time in a way mm. that is most convenient for everybody i don't do that enough and you're, you're making me think about that more uh, you know jose who's my former business partner he yeah. used to do that all the time he would give the creative brief in video because it made a lot more sense than to try to write a long email where things get lost in translation so you're not only it's like you're the um, the president of the hair club where you're not only a, a the president but you're also the client you're using saleshood and you're a big evangelist for it because you actually believe in it it's not like i got an idea to make a quick buck i think i think i wanted to give ceos i got it so okay. so let me let me let me give another piece of advice i think um, especially folks that want to build technology you know you need to use the technology that you are building and you need Mm. to be the best example of it you know when we were doing this at salesforce when we would sit down and sell the salesforce crm system the way that we trained and coached our sales teams was we would have them show their prospects and their buyers a day in the life of how i as a seller at salesforce use salesforce because guess what their competitors our competitors at the time, Oracle, Microsoft, all these big companies, nobody really used the tech. So we could actually show people that we used the tech. And, and it's a big differentiator, right? And and so today, this morning, we're on a call with, with a prospect to call the customer. And, you know, the, the whole focus of the call is about solving their content management needs. And you know what? You could spend days and days building a pseudo demo, custom scenario, or, you know what, just show them what you're made of show them your library and so our sales director and our team 
crafted a scenario showing our own system. Here's how we use content management. Here's how our teams get productive. Here's how our teams are sharing you know, their content. Here's how Eli, our CEO, excuse me for talking myself in the third person, records <laughs> his tips and tricks and then it's, right. the videos are automatically tagged and they show up in context to our teams. Like it, it blows people away. And, and so that's a big lesson for CEOs. You need to be the best example of the technology that you are, mm. uh, um, that you are, you are creating uh, and you're bringing to market because if you're not, and people aren't going to subscribe to what you want to do. And, and you, the passion needs to ooze out of the connection between you and the tech. And, and that's how you win. And, and uh, you know, I get a lot of feedback from, from many, many uh, uh, heads of sales and customers who say, it's just really cool how you use the app and you're teaching us how to use it by showing us how you use it. It's like this meta meta of, of right. enablement and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pushing, I'm pushing the envelope, right? Like, like yeah. you know, I, I ran a, uh, we ran an exercise where we had everybody at our company share, uh, you know, we asked them a bunch of questions about culture. You know, what are your, what, you know, what does culture mean to you and, and, and what are some of your values? And, and uh, you know, we gave them some structured questions and then everybody answered the questions. Well, we used Salesforce for that, right? You can answer the questions, you can give each other feedback, you can score each other's answers and you can crowdsource values and culture very quickly. And I was on the call uh, with a company, a customer of ours, SHI, and I was speaking to the chief people officer, uh, uh, Phil Wilhelm, and I, I said, check out what we did. He goes, oh my God, I'm spending weeks and months interviewing people, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, right, but, right. but like I, I could totally short circuit the whole process right. by just kind of creating this, this experience with my team. So, uh, you know, to your point, uh, I, uh, you know, I embrace it. It needs to be, you know, mm -hmm. it needs, it needs to be used. It needs to be embraced and you need to be the best example of what it is that you're creating and bringing to market. You, need to, you you live that, you know, look at you, look at your website, you know, look at everything you stand for, look at how you do social media, social marketing, like, like everything you do, you know, is, 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 uh, is the best in, in that. And you're leading the way. And, uh, and that's how, that's why people follow you. There, there's, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out, your story, not mine, in that <laughs> there is no better way to learn than to be immersed in the thing that you're doing. I mean, it seems obvious, but I guess not enough people do this. So when you're using your own tools, your platform, you can see where it breaks. You can see how to improve it. You can see if it's if it's lagging or the the transcription service is, is too too wonky or or no, we need a transcription service now. And this is how we have to use the tags or how we're able to yeah. share it much easier. Like so the last little question I have for you is is about money because we we know that dreams don't run on on just hopes, yeah. or, or companies don't just run run on on dreams and hope. Okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> And you need capital to make your company sure. go and grow. And I'm just curious about how you you assess uh, capital. How do you choose which tools to use? How do you manage all that you have to do? I'm, yeah. I'm not talking about productivity. I'm just talking about money and no, no, runway no, no, sure. and revenue. You know, you asked the question a while ago, what lessons from our first year? I think uh, the, the, the lessons from years one through five is, is you know, run a responsible business. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're, we run a responsible business with, uh, with a very scrappy set of values. And, you know, decisions on investments uh, are not taken lightly. 
and uh, whether it's uh, a website overhaul, whether it's hiring more salespeople, whether it's adding more developers, whether it's you know adding a, a you know an experience you know support leader, whether it's adding product manager one or product manager two, like like these are big decisions each one. And, and Arthur and I are, are continuously evaluating and reevaluating the business uh, because uh, you know we we've grown it organically. We've bootstrapped the company. We haven't raised a lot of money. We did a small seed round uh, with uh, with an amazing uh, uh, you know executive uh, that that we wanted to partner with. He, he turns out he's Mark Benioff's best friend. He believes in the vision of, of of kind of the future of work. Believes in productivity and what we're doing. And and you know we we meeting of the minds and you know. He wanted to come to our board, and, and so he invested some money. We did a seed round; it's public information. One point eight million in seed, you know, mm-hmm. over over five years. You know, it's not a lot of money, right? So we're hugely capital efficient, and literally, when we do speak to VCs or equity firms, just as we explore kind of different strategies for growth, they when they look at our numbers, like we we think there's a comma missing. You know, like the numbers are off because they just can't believe how we've gotten to this level. Like most people will invest, you know, 10x what we've invested in, in terms of financing to get a quarter of the revenue that we have. We've completely flipped the model. I think, uh, you know, we continue to grow. I think many, many, many CEOs in the Valley, uh, uh, many, 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 many people that are leading technology companies, I, I, I get told this a lot from, from peers, wish that they were in this spot because ultimately, because we've been scrappy, because we make the decisions around how to invest and because we're managing this very closely, uh, and we are, uh, is, is what ends up happening is we have options. And when I say options, I mean, we have options. We can keep growing at our clip and, uh, and we can invest and grow at a certain pace uh, uh, or we can partner with the right growth financing partner and accelerate this thing. But, but I think, uh, you know, we're, that's where we are right now. I'm sharing a little bit, you know, we, we mm-hmm. we're at that phase now. We're like, huh, you know, we great growth, great, great, great churn numbers, great NPS. We've got, we've got, you know, we're, we're, and the market is, is exploding, right? I, we believe enablement automation and enablement management and this whole sales enablement space is, is it's, it's exploding. And at the same time, it's going to start consolidating. And so mm-hmm. as, as, as we look at the market, we're making some decisions around. So what does that in two years from now, what does that consolidation look like? And what do we need to put in place to make sure that we're the one consolidating and not being consolidated? We know small business owners need multiple sources of capital. As you grow, you need a business credit card that will help you manage your expense and cash flow, but one that won't complicate your business. It's important to choose the right products, tools, and partners to keep it simple and keep your company financially healthy. There's something that you mentioned. This is, the I think, my last follow-up question here is yep. about getting report, having um, visibility on your finances. This is something I, I'm going to get chastised for this. That I just I hate looking at the numbers myself. But through some coaching, it's like I need to know what my revenue is. I need to know what my burn rate is. I, I'm just curious. Uh, how do, how do you look at those numbers? Is it a, a somebody generates a report from you from your financials, or do you have some kind of super crazy system that I need to know more about? 
You know what? The, the, the super crazy system is Eileen, and she's incredible. So, uh, <laughs> Eileen puts together uh, uh, all the data, and then we sit down uh, once or twice a month. And uh, yeah. I'm looking at balance sheet. I'm looking at PL. I'm looking at accounts receivable. I'm looking at a list of our accounts. I'm looking at uh, revenue by customer. I'm looking at uh, net churn, gross churn, and so uh, looking at growth year over year, month over month. And uh, she makes it easy. And and uh, you know we had to you know we had to sync on what data was important and uh, mm-hmm. and then I, I report monthly to our investors uh, the, the small number of investors that we have and our advisors you, you get the you know you get those monthly reports and and uh, and then I do a quarterly board meeting where we do a deep dive on the PL and the, and the financial statements and uh, you know we're we're, uh, we're running a lead and uh, but uh, you know I think uh, having uh, a person that you trust that can organize the information mm-hmm. you know yeah it, it lives in in a system and uh, you know QuickBooks Quick and whatever that whatever that is that we're using mm-hmm. see, see, just like you know Arthur you know he told me at the very beginning you know why do you care what the infrastructure is same here right it doesn't matter I just I'm a CEO and and I need right. a summary information presented to me in a way that lets me look at it make some decisions and then we can decide a or B in terms of what we're going to do to continue to move the needle forward with the business mm-hmm. um, well, I, 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 think I actually that, love getting those summary reports mm-hmm. because I can look at the bottom line and uh, right. and there's a groove now, right? So basically, like we'll sit down and and uh, I'll be, okay, how, how do we do? She go, oh, you know, we're you know, she'll like I, I could tell when when where, where the smile is and the thumbs up or thumbs down and and right. listen, you know sometimes we spend a little too much and mm-hmm. uh, it's got to come down the next month because. Right. Uh, uh, but listen, in a SaaS business, software as a service, here's a beautiful thing. Our customers are on an annual subscription. So mm-hmm. like every year, you know, they, uh, these contracts come up for renewal. So for us, the bigger contracts, the longer contracts gives us a much more predictable business. And that's where we are now. We're doing, we're doing right. three-year contracts with customers. And, and it just lets us have a little bit more freedom to invest and grow and, mm-hmm. and not, be as, uh, not be as tied to the month-to-month. I was going to make a joke earlier when you said Eileen. So people are typing in like searching Eileen.com right now. Eileen's a person. Uh, You have Eileen. I have Jesse, my wife, who helps like, hey, uh, take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Or, hey, you could could go a little faster if you want to. We're financially okay. But I want to make it a little bit less fuzzy. And I I want you to just like drill it down for me. When you get a report from Eileen, what are the data points that you need to see to understand the financial health of your company? I, I so so I, I need to know uh, mm-hmm. what is what is the the annual recurring run rate revenue for the business. So mm-hmm. I need I need to see you know you net net it out for me with all the contracts that are signed. It's mm-hmm. ARR. So I need to know that number. I need to see uh, expenses. So how mm-hmm. much expenses have we spent? Uh, I need to see revenue. So, so ARR is the forecasted revenue based on contracts, but then I need to see real revenue uh, okay. because the real revenue tells me cash flow. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's I like need cash to in the bank, right? No, no, no. Real revenue no? is so basically. Um, so, so we've you know, let's just do some basic. We have a hundred customers, mm-hmm. and those customers pay on a, on a subscription basis. They pay they they, they pay a subscription every month. Right. So there is the there is the uh, what is that annualized and then what does that subscription look like on a monthly basis I when see. you look at cash flow. It. So Perfect. those are the two things that are important to me. Uh, mm-hmm. The other piece that doesn't come from Eileen that comes from my VP sales is new business. So I want to see new business bookings. 
and and because that to me is true health. And so, uh, you know, uh, a, a mentor of mine, you know, said to me when I was doing a lot of reporting on revenue ARR, because that's a lagging indicator. Show me, show me the new business. So looking at new business bookings on a monthly basis is the real indicator of the health of the business. Because when someone signs a contract today, you've got them for at least 12 months. But if right. you don't sign contracts today, then you don't get that pop in the following months. Uh, and then, and the other information that's so critical for me is net churn. And so net churn, excuse me, gross churn and net churn. So we're talking it's specific to SaaS subscription, but right. I want to know the percentage of customers that are staying with us every month. Mm-hmm. And, and then I want to know the percentage of customers that are leaving. And I want to know the percentage of customers that are growing. Right. So I think what you're seeing is a lot of the key metrics for us in the SaaS business are revenue. And, and we're looking at revenue in a number of different ways. We're looking at a monthly revenue, annualized revenue, and then we're looking at revenue in the context of the customer base. So you can, you know, get a sense of, uh, uh, you know, because then you can forecast that. Like if you're at an eight to ten percent churn, that tells you that eight percent of your customers are going to leave you annually, which isn't bad in a, in a, in a SaaS business. If you're at a 20, 30 percent churn, you don't have a healthy business. Eight to ten, and then you model the business accordingly. Right. So on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a $10 million nut, when you've got $10 million in revenue, when you've got an 8% churn, that means you're going to lose $800,000 a year, every year. Right? And you, but that's how you run the business. Perfect. Woo. That Thank you for taking me to right? school, Eli. Yeah, 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 yeah. If no, you run no, a SaaS okay. business, that's going to make a lot of sense to you guys. And if you're in the creative services, God bless you. <laughs> Good luck. Because <laughs> there's so little predictability. But... You do know, you do need to know the basics and uh, and have visibility on your finances because you're. Not, this is what we face a lot. Some people are so worried they have that scarcity mindset that it paralyzes them to do anything. And then later on, I'll sit down with them and, and realize they could they could run their runways like six months. So why are they paralyzed? Go ahead. This is the time to go make some bold moves. Yeah. So thank you for by, taking by the this way, school. By the way, there's one other number that I didn't yes. say that I think was just implied. Cash in the bank. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's, 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 there's a number, right? Like we're yeah. always kind of like, and, and, you know, you see it can, depending on the time of the year, kind of goes a little lower, goes higher. Right, right. Uh, and so the counterbalance of cash in the bank is accounts receivable because we're a subscription business. But I didn't want, mm-hmm. I didn't want that to go unnoticed. Eli, thank you very much for coming on our show today and uh, taking everybody along with us to school. It's been a pleasure, and it's and I, I hope that our friendship and our, our professional relationship continues, but most importantly, our friendship. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. It's great. One last plug, Enablement Mastery, if I may. January when does that drop? 8th, when does it drop? January 8, 2019. You can go pre-order it on Amazon right now. I'm super excited. This is a, an amazing book. It's going you know, to make a really big difference in corporations and in the world. So uh, thank you again for inspiring it. Hi, this is Eli Cohen, CEO and co-founder of Saleshood. You are listening to the future. This episode of the future was sponsored by the all-new Chase Inc. Business Unlimited Credit Card with unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase, no annual fees, and no minimum balance to redeem rewards. The Chase Inc. Business Unlimited Credit Card is a great choice for busy creative entrepreneurs. For more information, visit chase.com slash inc. That's spelled I-N-K. The Future is hosted by me, Chris Doe. The show is edited by Stuart Schuster. Big thanks to Adam Sanborn, who composed our theme song. 
To subscribe to the Future Podcast, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now SoundCloud. Make sure you rate and review our episodes. Don't miss out on upcoming events, live streams, workshops, and announcements by going to thefuture.com and sign up for the newsletter link at the bottom. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Future Is Here. Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. See you in the future. Thank you.